You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Well, listen, we are in a brand new series called Free. And before we get started, I want you to be free to look at your neighbor and pass the peace real quick. Say hello, say maybe a wave, maybe a distance high five where you can like make the noise with your wrist. Say hello real quick with one another. Pass the peace real quick. God loves you. Hi, peace be with you. Come on up here, Jake. Come on over here. All right, pass the peace a little bit. G's going to talk to me real quick. Huh? Oh, I forgot. Kids, my gosh, this is our first time doing this. Older kids, you can go with G in the back there. We are going to send you all off to play. I think the floor is lava or something like that. And then there's going to be a lesson. So have fun. That's a game we all love. I wish I could play back there with you. I completely forgot. This is our first week of kids' ministry in over two years. And so, yeah. And so it's unbelievable that it's back, but we're forgetting some of the transitions and elements like that. So just have grace with us, and we'll have grace uh, with you as well. Um, Today is a brand new series, as I mentioned, called Free, and it's the first Sunday of Lent, and I want to share a bit about why we engage in the Lenten practice. The Lent season is an opportunity to hold the tension, hang with me, the, uh, the tension, the realism of today with the hope of tomorrow. Today is painful for many of us. I mean, we're still wrestling and grappling with the realities of a war in the Ukraine. Many, many of us, we are continuing to carry anxieties of a very real global pandemic that has changed our lives tremendously. We, are, we still are a part of systems of oppression that, that take marginalized people and dehumanize them for profit. These are real realities that we grieve, that we have sorrow over. But we also, for those of us that are followers of faith, we have hope for tomorrow. We have hope for tomorrow that it will be different. And Lent is a healthy response to the frustrations that challenge us an often oppressive environment, we face it with the clear eyes of hope. That we are collectively recognizing the reality of death and pain today, but we are holding hope for tomorrow, and all of that is taking place. And I like this because many of us, we we typically, when it comes to our faith, get lost in individualism because we're told that our individualism is where real salvation is found. I am saved. My personal relationship with Jesus. And those things are really good. Those things are really good. I'm a pietist. I celebrate those things. But we cannot detach it from collectivism. We cannot detach it 
from the community's salvation that is taking place in front of us. And our Lenten response is to see the wounds of our community, to hold that tension in our hands, and yet recognize that hope is on its way. Here's what I think is true. When our worth rests in who we are before whose we are, we quickly remove the need for community, don't we? It becomes all about us. Then, of course, we start allowing outside competing voices to determine whether or not we are worthy of something. Our metrics aren't based on the Holy Spirit's refining work. It's based on whether or not we send our kids to the right school. It's whether or not we have enough money in our 401k or we live in the right neighborhood or we have a home. And when Jesus goes into the wilderness to be questioned by the tempter, by evil, he's asked, if you are the son of God, then you will. Jesus, of course, realized that his identity isn't shaped by anyone's standards but God's. He was free, free to simply be without the approval of anyone else. And when our identity is rooted in the same kind of mind with one another, we can fully be people of salvation. We are indeed freed from the very temptation that we are bombarded with every single day to do more, to be more, to say more, to have more. You see, human beings rest on our calling of, and identity rooted in Christ. However, human doings rest on the feeling that we need to accomplish more. You see, it's in our being with Christ that we are compelled to do like Christ. Whereas everything in the world is saying, it's in your doing first that you can finally be. And Christ is saying, no, no. It's in me, Ben, that you find your true identity. It's in me, Austin, that you find who you really are and what you are called to do. Of course, there are outside competing voices telling you who you are and what you need to be, but Christ is whose you are. You are Christ's own. And this Lenten practice, whether you are adding something or subtracting something from your life, gets you closer to your true identity, gets us collectively closer to our true identity. The kingdom of God is not a, 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 something to be celebrated for tomorrow. The kingdom of God is here today. <laughs> and that is what we draw closer to. There's, uh, this is what is so compelling about Paul's letter to the Romans that Jocelyn just read to us. This epistle was written roughly around 55 CE. 
Now, Rome is its audience. It's very clearly the epicenter of the Roman Empire and mainly comprised of Gentiles, some of whom have recently converted to Christianity. This is who Paul is writing a letter to. Keep in mind, an epistle, we are seeing one side of the correspondence. I said that last week. This is a letter that goes back and forth. And so sometimes you get some weird things in the epistles where Paul is like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, what, Paul? That's kind of weird. That came out of left field. He's responding to an issue in the community. Now, to understand Paul's words, you have to understand that there was a very clear system within the community. You would only associate with those that were within your social uh, um, order, so to speak. So if you were a noble, you would hang out with noble people. If you were a peasant, you would hang out with peasant people. And very rarely would the two intermix with one another. So when Paul says something that we see in verse 12 and 13, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, the same Lord is Lord of all and is generous not to some people that are not a part of a marginalized community, not just some people who live in the right neighborhood or some people that have the right car, but to all. All who call on him, for everyone who call everyone, not just some, Paul is very clear, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be, what? Saved. Everyone is saved. This is an audacious comment in a world that is divided by social hierarchy. Are you with me? This is an earth-shattering moment. So I want to get at what Paul is talking about here, and I think if we're really honest, some of us have dismissed Lent as just some dogmatic practice that we engage in. But I want to reframe the practice of either adding or removing things to your life. You see, the practice of engaging in Lent is to both confess with our actions and our words, our communal, community's dependence upon Jesus. To be free from the need of achievement. To be free to break from the doing first mentality that we are just inundated with on every single corner. And Paul uses this really cool rhetorical device to illustrate this for the readers. It's called a chiasm. And you'll notice on this next slide here, the chiasm at work. Verse 9, if you confess with your lips and you believe in your heart, you will be saved. And look, he reverses it. One who believes with the heart and confesses with the mouth is saved. This is called a chiasm. You see it as a rhetorical device so that it is repeated over and over again. You see, the belief within the heart, Paul is saying, is where transformation really takes place. Your life looks different when you believe in the power of Jesus' resurrection. And Paul is saying, look, no one can tell you what belief looks like. The formula isn't found in anyone other than the work of the Holy Spirit that leads to transformation. Some of you have been taught that if you pray the right prayer or you do the right things, and that is where salvation is. And I'm telling you no, and Paul is telling you no as well. This salvation is through the confession and the belief of the heart. And what happens is, is that our practice changes. Our identity is shifted. It's away from the things that people are telling us. 
It's away from the things that give us worth or the things that people say give us worth. And it's found and rooted in the transformation of Jesus. It's rooted in marching with protesters to advocate for equality in our community. It's rooted in this holy groaning when war breaks out. It's rooted in this idea that like we have land and we need to make this land available so that people have access to vegetables and produce. It's rooted in those places of equality and grace and salvation for who? All people. That's what Paul is getting at, and it's so cool. No, it's not that cool? Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. The formula isn't found in anyone other than the work of the Holy Spirit that leads to our transformation. Salvation is not a moment. Salvation is an ongoing event. Let me rephrase this. Salvation isn't a moment. Salvation is a practice of the heart. (laughs) Salvation isn't a prayer. Salvation isn't a baptism. Salvation is an ongoing event that is taking place in your heart that leads you into the community to be a salvific work in the community. Are you with me? This is not about you. This is about us. (laughs) And that is what is so audacious about Paul's words. Because like Rome, it's us versus them, baby. If you live in the right neighborhood, then you can be my friend. If you went to the same school as me, then we can be friends. If you're college educated, then we can be friends. If you root for the Rams, then we can be friends. If you went to UVA, you get it. But Paul is saying very different, very different thing. And it's through our practice of identifying Christ with more and more with our words and our life that there is real salvation. And that salvation is communal. We find freedom in our co-identity in Christ. In other words, what you say or what you do is who you portray to the community. And it has big, big implications for what people experience. We act with a transformed heart because we have a hope for tomorrow, tomorrow, full circle. That's what I started with. We have hope for tomorrow. It's the, it's the reality of our pain and our suffering and our groaning in our world. And it's the realities that there is a hope that we rest in. Hope that compels us to go. A hope that's so much more than me or you, but is we. And the more we profess that Jesus is Lord in our lives, our 
words and our actions, the more we are collectively saved. Remember, verse 12 and 13, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to share one quick thing. I'm going to invite the band back up. In first century Roman Empire, on every single coin, on every single banner that was hung from the buildings and from the streets, it would read, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord of the known Roman Empire. And look what Paul is saying. This is one of the earliest writings we have in first century uh, uh, Christianity, post-Jesus' death. This is roughly 55 CE, so some 20 years after the death of Christ. And look what Paul is saying. He's subverting the political system. Caesar is not Lord. The government is not Lord. Your political allegiance is not Lord. Where you went to school is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And he is over everyone. So what, during this Lenten season, must you remove from your life? What, in this Lenten season, must you add to your life so that you might profess that Jesus is Lord. It's from that place our community will be transformed. Our community will experience the good news in RVA as it is in heaven. Do me a favor. As just an act of confession, will you just place your hands in your lap open? This week, I want you to push pause on your life to reflect on what it means to be truly free. How can you free yourself up more to be who God is inviting you to be? I believe that God is inviting us to simply be a part of a community fully transformed, fully dependent upon Jesus so that people will know what it means to be saved. You will mess up. You will probably break Lent. It's okay. Have mercy on yourself. Because Christ has mercy with you. Holy God, free us. Free us from our need to perform. Free us from our need to run after a different Lord other than you. Make us holy people, a holy community that is running after the way of hope, equality, truth.
transformation and change. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Thank you.